and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. Since 2012, I have been coaching people to join me in achieving their plant-based lifestyle goals of weight loss and improved health. Just Taz voice. Let's welcome our guest. Nutritarian chef Talia Furman just released her first cookbook, Desserts to Live For, a collection of heavenly desserts with zero guilt, zero sacrifices, and zero risks of bodily harm with only good-for-you ingredients. The eldest daughter of Dr. Furman, Talia will be doing a recipe demo from her book. Be Green with Amy welcomes Talia Furman. Greetings, Talia, and welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you today. And I am holding my little guy, Petey. He's also happy to be here with you. I wanted to introduce everybody to him because he might be barking in the background of the cooking demo, but you can see that he uh, he's just a little cutie. And so, yeah, it's you can't you can't have a bad cooking demo when you have a, a little guy like this, right? <laughs> exactly. And probably he's used to getting something from whatever you're preparing because I hear that he's a nutritarian. Is that right? One hundred percent. You can actually find his uh, Instagram is the nutritarian pup, and that is super accurate. He eats human food, and I hide in a, a wide variety of vegetables in his meals. So, like. Yeah, so he eats broccoli. His favorite uh, food is tomatoes and sweet potatoes. I chop in any vegetable you can think of that's safe for dogs, he, he'll eat. Oh, he's adorable. Jesse T just said he's so cute. Sometimes we have people that are joining us who kind of familiar maybe with plant-based and so forth, but not everybody may know what a nutritarian is. So maybe you can tell us about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before, and I'm going to put PD down. So before the, the term nutritarian was coined, I would tell people, my father, Dr. Joel Furman, his philosophy is your health equals the nutrients you eat per calorie. And by nutrients, he means micronutrients versus macro. So micronutrients would be the variety of phytochemicals. Uh, just you think we think of vitamins and minerals, but there's just thousands of thousands of different uh, nutrients and plant foods that that promote wellness and prevent disease. And so that's what it's all about. And maximizing the variety and the amount per calorie is the key to health. And that's what being a nutritarian is all about. And that's what Petey's trying to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I actually am a nutritarian. And I've been following your call for Dr. Joel Furman, since I adopted this lifestyle in 2012, he's the reason why I adopted this lifestyle because I saw him on a PBS special. But there are people out there that are plant-based and they may have their different versions of it. So I just wanted to let people know what that meant. I really enjoyed the word nutritarian that your father coined because it just keeps that in your mind, every time that you make a choice of something to eat, you're having to choose, is this good for me? Is this going to promote my health? Or is it going to harm me? And as long as you have that basic philosophy, it makes it so much easier to make the decisions. Your father came up with different food that he promoted as healthy and also 
talked about eliminating foods that are not healthy. When we promoted you coming on this broadcast, we had somebody that asked, is this without oil? It's mm-hmm. a completely oil-free cookbook. And I love that because it's the first, I think it's the first, one of the first of its kind because I, I haven't seen any cookbooks that are oil-free uh, and I haven't seen any health like cookbooks that are desserts that are totally healthy either. And I have the privilege of being Joel from, you know, Dr. Furman's daughter. So I am very blessed in that regard. And so that's why this cookbook was able to happen. I'll give him a lot of credit there. (laughs) I agree that it seems that when you want to have a dessert and you want it to be health promoting, usually you can't have delicious flavor in that equation. It seems that you have to give up one or the other. And the health promoting recipes that I had seen on the internet and so forth, I've always had to tweak to make them taste good. And a lot of the vegan, vegetarian ones, plant-based ones, they still have oil in them. And I suppose in a dessert, you need some kind of a fat content in there in order to give it that fat feel in your mouth and so forth. And I guess that's probably been a challenge for you when you are coming up with how many recipes are in your book? 96. (laughs) So you came up with 96 recipes that are not just health promoting, but they're delicious and they don't have oil. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's impressive. So yeah, I, I use nuts and seeds instead of oil. And I also use coconut butter instead of coconut oil. And coconut butter is just the ground up. Coconut just as the the nut butters are just the ground up nut. So it's the whole food versus the oil, which is just the fat. And that's, that makes all the difference in the world when it comes to our health and disease prevention. And it's, yeah, the science of nutrition is absolutely fascinating. And there's a Picasso quote that I like, learn the rules so you know how to break them like an artist. And so having that foundation of nutrition um, in the back of my head, I knew that you know how to play with the good for you ingredients. Well, coconut butter, that is a new one for me. And I thought that I knew a lot of things. So do you buy coconut butter? Do you make it? How does that work? Yeah, you can buy it, but I buy it in bulk. And you can see it says coconut butter right there. I like to buy it on Amazon. They have some. Or your local health food store, health food store should. Uh, I would ask about it. Oftentimes, I'll go to Whole Foods or my health food store, and they'll have all this coconut oil on the shelf, and there will be like one like jar of like coconut butter just hiding there. <laughs> okay, so, the coconut butter I'm, needs uh, needs to become more well known. Absolutely, and I'm glad that you distinguish that because probably people would be rushing out and buying coconut oil and not understanding why it didn't work. Because <laughs> that, when you first presented it, I said that's coconut oil, that's not coconut butter. So now I learned something, and that's what I love about these broadcasts. Because when I meet people like you, every time I learn something. So this is going to be really a game changer. Now, of course, desserts are a part of the nutritarian lifestyle, which most people would think, wait a minute, dessert shouldn't be a part of a health promoting lifestyle. So what's the philosophy for including desserts like what you have in your cookbook? Fantastic question. The key to sticking to, a, uh, I, I like to call it a diet lifestyle because it, it's something right. that you want to maintain for the rest of your life. 
how do you maintain a diet for the rest of your life and feel satisfied and not want to binge or go crazy or rebel in some capacity if you're not eating any sweets? It's just not realistic. So I'm not about deprivation. So actually, first of all, I can explain why the ingredients in this recipe and the, the other recipes in the book are health promoting, but it also allows you to eat less, not more when you have um, a serving of dessert after dinner. And or uh, so so it's it's about like feeling feeling great, not feeling like you're having any sacrifices and, and eating the right amount. You know, you don't want to overdo it on anything you eat, including desserts. And a lot of the desserts are, are light, lower in calories. I have nutrition facts for every recipe in the back of the book. Um, I take a lot of pride in having that. So you'll understand what you know like if there's 100 200 calories in a serving i don't have any i believe it's the maximum uh calorie amount per serving is 250 but i can go back and look at that because i'm not 100 uh but but long story short there's something about enjoying a brownie after your dinner for instance that just is like okay you're done for the night and you're good to go. And what I what I do when I'm making any of these recipes is I'll I'll freeze um, them in individual portions. And so I don't overeat because I'll like wrap each serving in tin foil and I'll take out one, you know, with my dinner if I'm by myself. If I, it's it's different if I'm with a big group or I make it for a party, but if I'm just by myself, it's really nice to have individual servings for you know, me to take out and just have in my freezer and I can heat them up or put them Yeah, in. go ahead. You can get go get PD. I'll talk for a little bit if you want to grab, grab yeah. them again. Okay. I'm really glad that Talia talked about freezing because so many times people will make a recipe and not know if it would freeze well. And apparently it seems that the recipes that she has in her book freeze well, which is really nice. When you go through the trouble of making something that is going to be health promoting and delicious, it would be nice to know that you could, as she recommends, making them into these small portions. And that's a wonderful strategy to use. One of the recipes that I enjoy, I don't know, I didn't get to see all the recipes in her book, but one of the recipes that I enjoy is having a frozen treat, which is called nice cream. And I learned that a long time ago from Dr. Furman. He did a, a recipe demo with that. You can make it in the Vitamix. And what I like to do is pour it into the ice pop molds. And then I know that I have that one serving and it's good to go and it's in the freezer. So that's just such a wonderful strategy. You can make a delicious dessert and then portion control it out. As you were walking away, I, I was telling everybody about your recommendation to freeze in individual portions. Are you saying that most or all of the recipes in your book, you can do that with? Yeah, every single one. <laughs> Oh my God. So that is just so awesome. So you could just go through the whole book and just decide to just keep freezing things. And then every time you open up your freezer, you could just pull out, you know, one of 95 different varieties of desserts. I might, I might have 96 recipes in my freezer at the moment, but I've, I've got a handful ready to go. I even made a cake and I have some frozen cake slices in there. So it's a good feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what do you like to, how do you like to freeze the, the, I mean, I know you have different types of desserts. What do you typically use to freeze them? I typically freeze them in tin foil. I mean, that's it. I, Nothing fancy, just some foil and then you're good to go. That's just <laughs> Everybody could, maybe if you have some glassware, you can put some brownies or blondies in, in the glass. I do that too sometimes. It's just, you know, how, you know, convenience and, and what I feel like doing. So, okay. So what categories of recipes do you have in your book? 
So, so first we have the nutrition chapter and I'm going to put PD down. I open the door for him. If I need to get him again. Oh, all okay. I'll, we'll, we'll take, we'll play it by ear, but I would like to hold the book instead of him. So we have, so the first chapter is the introduction really. And that's all nutrition information. I, I go over why I use ground vanilla versus vanilla extract. And I use ground vanilla in this recipe and why I, I, there's a section on coconut butter and oil too, like we were just talking about and why I use fruit and, and, uh, this, and this nutrition behind that. So after that chapter, we have the cookies chapter and I, I'll just show you a few pictures. Like these are unclassic uh, chocolate chip cookies. And then we have maca chocolate chip cookies. Like I like to do different variations. Oop, there we go. It's like getting used to showing things on camera is awkward sometimes. Uh, yeah, so so I love, I, I mean, there's just so many delicious cookie recipes, sweet potato spice cookies. I love those. Wow. So after the cookies, we have the brownies and um, blondies and bars chapter. And the book is really pretty. Like I, I had so much fun with my graphic design team, um, just with the the fonts and the prettiness. And there's even some poems and quotes in the book. And so it's it's really uh, just an overall like feel good book. So after we have the bars and blondies, we have the, I believe, oh yes, the breads and the, and the muffins. The muffins are really good for something quick and easy too. I love this uh, coconut um, banana bread. It's so delicious. So, all right. So we have the breads and the muffins. And after that is the cakes. The, for instance, this is a strawberry ice cream cake. And oh my goodness. Look at that. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, this is like a, a really fun, um, we can call it not a hobby anymore because I made a book out of it, but just for years, I've really enjoyed making beautiful desserts. And so after the cakes chapter, we have the ice creams and smoothies. And that's why there's so many recipes in the book because there's so many different types of desserts. And so, and then we have, like I was mentioning, there's scientific studies uh, for the first uh, chapter with the, the nutrition part. And then you have all the nutrition facts for each recipe. So I, I, I really enjoy that element of it. So show, show us the cover of it too, because I don't think that you held that up for us just so we could see how beautiful that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very nice. Well, that's great because Oh, so many times I have people that I coach and they'll say to me, oh, I would like to make something for a special occasion for a birthday and so forth. They'll show me a picture of something they saw on the internet where somebody took like a watermelon and some other fruit and tried to make it look into a cake, which is very creative and very cute. But just sometimes it's a birthday, you know, you just really want a cake and you don't want to have something that looks like a cake. It looks like you have some beautiful pictures in there and different flavors so that somebody had a special oh, occasion that they could serve that. for many years to, to get all those recipes. I started working on it in 2014. So it's a bit of a long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like probably most of them, if not all of those recipes are things that you could make and bring to a family gathering of maybe people that were not eating in this way. And you wouldn't even have to tell them and probably wouldn't even realize that they were health promoting that that's 100 accurate my birthday is actually next week so i'm going to be bringing the cookies to my birthday celebration with my family 
<laughs> well, that's great. Now you have been cooking for a long time and you've been eating this way, I guess, for your lifetime. So when did you discover that making recipes and cooking and so forth? When did you discover that that was something that you really like to do? There were hints of it in childhood and also in high school. I took a few cooking classes in high school for electives. I went to a really big high school that offered cooking classes. And but it didn't it didn't truly begin until my last year of college where I I you know, I was just really stressed with exams and instead of, you know, going crazy, getting drunk, going to parties, I was like, I need something to just like take my mind off of school and everything I'm studying. And so what did I start doing? I started looking at food blogs. And it was when food blogs were just starting to become a popular thing. And so I was like, wow, these pictures are so pretty. And I want to try it. Like, I, I didn't think I would start a food blog or do a cookbook, but I was just thinking, oh, this is so cool. Like, I'll, I'll try doing this. And then that's kind of when it started. And the pictures in the book are beautiful too. So. Yeah, I, I love, I, I'm very creative, whether it's uh, nature photography, I love fashion photography. And, uh, and so I, I think it's just something that makes sense to me knowing myself is that I almost studied fashion merchandising in college. And so that's like, I love color and, you know, the photos are vibrant. I have flowers in a lot of the photos. So I, it makes sense that I would gravitate towards that just knowing my personality. We're all so fortunate that you're here to share all those talents with us. So what will you be making today? Yeah, so I have these absolutely delicious strawberry shortcake cookies that I made. And this is, um, oops, and one of them is falling. Uh, however, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, I would say that it's one of the easier recipes in the book. And I, I made this recipe is the, one of the, the last ones um, to go in the book. And it just was one of the recipes that just like worked. And that is certainly not the case for a lot of the recipes. A lot of trial and error goes into creating recipes. So I love it. I, I hope that you guys do too. And it also contains a lot of super fit ingredients. So I, that's another reason why I chose it. And I love, I love that they're very large. They are, you know, but you can have this whole cookie. It's okay. <laughs> I, I'm like tempted to grab to have a bite right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I am. I wish I could have. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, I'm gonna have to have one after cooking them. <laughs> so when I'm starting out with this recipe, I like to do my flax eggs first. So. It's one of the first ingredients. It is the first ingredient listed for a reason. And so it's an egg substitute. It gels like an egg. It serves the same properties of an egg. It, you could, if, if you see ground flax seeds in any of the recipes, you could also use ground chia seeds. They're pretty much interchangeable, but I like flax seeds better, uh, personal preference. And so I wanted to let, before you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to let everybody know that Talia is generous and she's going to share this recipe with us and it's going to be in the show notes after the show. So I think I encourage you to get the book and that this recipe is in the book, but if you're waiting for the book to come, don't worry about it. You're going to have that recipe available. So go ahead, Talia. Absolutely. So we start out with uh, a few tablespoons of the ground flax seeds. And so I, I'm going to put it in, I have a whole cup uh, right here. And so I'll put in the, a couple tablespoons. Um, I'll practice as if I was making the recipe right now. And so after I do that, 
I put it in either uh, non-dairy milk, it needs a liquid or, or water. And so I, my favorite non-dairy milk of late is oat milk. So I'm just going to put a half a cup for uh, the couple tablespoons. And so you pour that in and then you let it sit for a minute or so while you start working on the other ingredients and the other steps because you need, you need to let it uh, form that gel. So mixing it a little bit and uh, and I'll let it sit. So that's the first step, really easy. You can see that it's just like, and, and the other steps of the recipe are just as easy. It's just one step after another. And so when people tell me, oh, I, I'm not like, I, I don't know how to bake. I've never done it. I'm, it's just not for me. It's like they, they really haven't tried it before because it's not hard. <laughs> so. So this particular recipe could probably be something fun to do if somebody had a niece, nephew, grandchild yeah. to help out. Super kid friendly. Most of the cookie recipes are. So, uh, yeah, I've I've cooked with my friends or baked or baked with my friends who haven't done it before, and they're like, "Wow, that really that really was a lot easier." Than that. <laughs> All right. So the next step that I do is I have I have uh, organic medjool dates, uh, and that's going to help sweeten the recipe. So I have them right here. And so I'm, you have to pit them. So I have my sharp knife. I'm gonna go through, I know you can't see my cutting board here because I don't wanna chop off my face in the video. So I apologize that you can't see what I'm doing right now, but <laughs> it is just really easy because you don't almost don't need to see it because I'm just pitting the dates right now and I'm putting them in a bowl that I have in front of me because um, it's gonna go in the microwave for 30 seconds to soften the dates. And what's interesting- Is there a reason why you picked the medjool over? Because there, some people aren't even familiar. They don't even know what a date is. And so there's different types of dates. And so is there a reason why you picked that particular type? They're soft, the, the combination of being the sweetest and the softest. Okay, very good. So that's a dessert appropriate date, medjool. Yeah, <laughs> Well, medjool dates that you buy are very soft when you purchase them. Like I'm feeling these right now and they're pretty soft. However, if you store them in the cabinet for a longer period of time, they stay good for like, you know, months. They, they're really great like that. A lot of dried fruits are. Um, and sometimes though, when you store them, they get a little bit hard. And that's why I just know just every time just I soften them in the microwaves I by soaking them in water, heating them for 30 seconds, and then they become really soft. So it just blends really well in the food processor. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So I'm uh, this recipe calls for, uh, I believe, 10, yeah, 10 medjool dates. So, all right, um, I'm going to soak them. You can do water, you can do non-dairy milk. Since I have, then it's, it's all just you need a liquid. So because the milk is in front of me. I'll just put them in there like so. And then I have the microwave right behind me. So I'll just be putting them in there. And I won't turn it on because it's a demo. And or unless you want to see the actual thing. Um, yeah, go ahead. You, right, can, right. you can show something. Okay. All right. We don't mind it being real. <laughs> so I don't want to talk about it too much because it's not my area of expertise, but my mother always says, don't stand too close to the microwave when it's on. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. It can't hurt to be away from it, so why not? Right, right, why not? So I'm just like standing over here a little bit, but it's, yeah, it's done in five yeah. seconds. I think now. you're supposed to drop and do push-ups when it's happening or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You basically, so then you remove the, the dates from, from the milk, um, clean hands. So I washed my hands before I started this interview. So 
basically you're gonna remove them from the uh, from the milk or the water, or whatever you have, and and you put them in the food processor. So that is what I just did, washing my hands again, uh, and it, we we will go on to the next step. So another sweetening agent in this particular recipe is that I use an apple. So I love apples for certain recipes because um, it just is another, we can call it a liquid ingredient. It just helps everything blend in the food processor really nicely. So just, and this is a gala apple. You could use any apples you have on hand. It doesn't matter which type. So, now, would it be okay to use unsweetened applesauce if you didn't have a fresh apple? Yes, you can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, because so for some of my recipes, I like to keep some individual packages of unsweetened applesauce because sometimes you just get in the mood to make something and you're, oh, no, I don't have an apple. <laughs> so it's just nice to grab that. <laughs> I very much relate to experiencing that or when you like are missing one ingredient and then I'm like, what, what can I use as a substitute? So I have been there more times than I can count. Uh, all right, so I, I have the apple. I put that in the food processor now. And then we have, uh, all right, we have I put in uh, actually ground vanilla at this time. It's very, it's very cool that I put in the spices and certain things first with the liquid ingredients. So that way it's completely blended into the entire recipe evenly. Whereas sometimes if you put it in, you know, with the dry ingredients in your mixing bowl, it's not perfectly dispersed. So I'm glad that you do that because I have seen some people do recipe demos and they'll just go like this and sprinkle it in and they're mixing it. I'm like, it can't possibly be all combined that it got to all areas of that mixture. So that's a good tip. Yes, I love that. And I've, I've been just something that I found, you know, make it just makes sense. So putting in the ground vanilla and ground vanilla is not only more nutritious than vanilla extract, but it just is so much more flavorful and it really enhances the, the taste of, of any of the recipes that I use vanilla flavor in. So you can also find this on Amazon in your local health food store. Uh, all right. And that's all it is, is just take vanilla beans and what, what dry them out and then grind them up. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, it, I, I believe so. Like I'm just yeah. at the ingredient list here and all it says is organic vanilla bean. And it's, yes. Killer bean is from Indonesia, which is cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, so I, I do use coconut butter in this recipe. So that's why I had it out and, uh, two tablespoons goes a, a long way. So I, because I don't have the tablespoon measuring stick right in front of me, I forgot to get that before this, but it doesn't matter for me because I'm experienced and I know I have a quarter cup in front of me. I know what two tablespoons looks like. And that's just the thing is like the more you do anything, the better you get and the faster and easier it becomes. So, uh, so there's that. And then I also put in the baking powder now, same deal as the spices. Um, you know, it's just getting it evenly dispersed. And so I'm gonna, I use a, a couple teaspoons of this. So put that in and then let's see, do we need, I think I put, let's see, it looks like I, I'm gonna put a little bit of liquid in just to make sure that it, uh, you know, it, it when I put on the food process, it'll, it'll process really nicely. Okay, Talia, Jody has a question. She wanted to know if you use the same amount of ground vanilla in a recipe that calls for the liquid vanilla. 
Mm, I would say yes, because usually I, if I'm, if I'm using vanilla extract, I'm going to use about like, I'm going to use no more than a tablespoon max if I'm doing a cake, which is more servings. A few teaspoons is what I would use. And the same applies for the, the ground vanilla. I use a, a couple teaspoons. So it's very much. I love the. I love the ground vanilla because, and we're going to mute you while you do that, and I'll talk, okay? <laughs> so I love the ground vanilla much more than I do the vanilla extract. Sometimes they have alcohol. Sometimes they're imitation. Whenever I taste something that's made with the vanilla extract, it just seems to have a funky, some kind of weird taste. But when I've prepared desserts with vanilla powder, it has a richness to it. And sometimes you're eating something and you're saying, what is that wonderful flavor that I'm experiencing? And I just don't know what it is. And then you realize that somebody like my husband who likes to bake, put in the vanilla powders. It is a little expensive, but you don't use a lot of it. And I really encourage you guys, if that's something that you want to try, to try substituting that instead of using the extract, because I think it just adds a better dimension and a fuller body kind of flavor. Would you agree, Talia? 100%. Yeah, it's it's just I know exactly what it tastes like in these in this particular recipe because I I mean, I make these cookies regularly and it's just so delicious. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so, all right. So I've blended the liquid ingredients and everything that I mentioned to you guys. And so now I'm ready to add the flowers. And so I use almond flour in this recipe and I've got some of that right here. And I, I love almond flour. It's just ground up almonds and it tastes so good in these cookie recipes. And I actually, uh, doing these cooking demos, sometimes I forget a step. I forgot to add the ground flaxseed gel, but that's good because it got to sit for a while and it formed a nice, a nice jelly egg. So I'm going to be putting that in now. And then also the, uh, almond flour. I use a, a cup of almond flour in this recipe. So it's, uh, and then I use a couple, uh, a couple cups of oat flour. So those are the two flours and they're naturally gluten-free for anybody that doesn't eat gluten. Um, and there's, I could say a lot about that. Um, I've, I've done a lot of reading on gluten and it's really not, not bad or harmful to people that don't have gluten intolerances or something. Uh, it's kind of like avoiding peanuts if you don't have a peanut allergy. Um, yeah, I think that gluten has gotten a bad rap. And some people, because they're not feeling healthy, they eliminate the gluten and then they feel better. But it also seems that there's so many processed foods that contain gluten that maybe it was because they were eliminating the processed foods that they're feeling better, not necessarily the gluten. Definitely. And everybody's different. It's um, one out of every 10 people have a gluten intolerance and it's even fewer people that have celiacs. So, you know, if, if somebody has that, then it makes sense. And, you know, you can get tested for that. But if you don't have, if you don't, you know, have that, then it's really not helping you to avoid gluten. And as you said, sometimes it's the other ingredients that you're, or, you know, what else is in the food you're eating? So that's why I think, you know, everybody deserves to understand nutrition. And uh, so, and there's never been more resources out there. So like, for instance, I love uh, nutritionfacts.org with Dr. Michael Greger, and he has some great videos on gluten and he, he has videos on like everything. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> he really does. And they're all backed up by scientific research. He doesn't just put videos out. He goes into the details of the research if you really want to know. And so it's just such a trustworthy source. When you want to find something, you can just put, type in in the search bar, whatever you're looking for. And he's been doing it for so long that almost he's really covering most every topic now, which is so nice. Oh, I remember watching a video of his on the only like healthy sweetener. And then the conclusion was medjool date or dates, you know, medjool dates versus because it's most people are told agave or maple syrup is, you know, a good sugar substitute. And I explain in the introduction of this cookbook why that is not the case when you look at the science and how it's digested in the body. It's very similar to sugar, like pure sugar. So it's unfortunate because they taste delicious. I'll be the first to tell you how much I would love to eat maple syrup. But uh, thankfully, these recipes are just as delicious. So I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything and I get to be healthier for it. So, uh, all right. So I'm going to put on the food processor right now if you want to silence me. Again, yes. I'm going to be blending the almond flour in with uh, the other liquid ingredients. I'm glad that Talia talked about maple syrup and agave and so forth. I have some clients that are transitioning away from those things. So it's just nice to know that science has backed this up that really if you want to sweeten things you're really better off using dried fruits such as dates and raisins and there's all kinds of dried fruits that you can use to sweeten things with this way you're not raising your insulin levels up and spiking them there's a lot of information out there as far as that goes and it's just really nice to know that these desserts are going to be sweet and delicious and you're not worrying about having deleterious effects of other types of sweeteners. Yeah, if only other people knew. It's it's crazy the world we live in. You know, you go to a healthy restaurant and you see they have these beautiful looking desserts and I just want to eat them. But then it's like, oh, what do you use to sweeten them? And it's agave or maple syrup. And I, I'm, you know, on the younger side, I'm healthy. Occasionally I can, you know, get by eating that stuff. But you know, I just like to really prioritize baking my own stuff because I can feel good about it. Yeah, I'm sure once you've tasted your recipes that if you do taste other ones, you're thinking in your mind, well, that was okay, but I know I can make that better <laughs> if I just work on it. Exactly. And a lot of these recipes are really easy. Like I'm going slower for you guys, but I can make this like in five minutes. So at least the, putting all the ingredients together. I am using oat flour right now. So I put in the almond flour, I blended that up. And so I'm putting in a cup of the oat flour. And so for every cup of flour that I put in, I'm putting on the food processor again, just so that way it blends really nice and easily. So uh, this will take a really short period of time if you want to silence me. I love using the food processor. I'm going to have to ask Talia what kind of food processor that she likes to use. Yeah, Natalia, I, I was curious, what kind of food processor do you use? Cuisinart. You have a Cuisinart. And mm -hmm. does yours have a wide, it looks like it had a wide mouth. Does it have that? It's, you know, I'm not sure if it's a wide mouth version or I think it's just the standard Cuisinart that they sell on Amazon. Uh, Cause I, I know that they sometimes come out with like newer versions and this was the newest version they had at the time. Uh, so they all look really good. So I just put in the last cup of oat flour because this recipe calls for two cups. Um, and then I'll just be blending that and then we'll have um, the dough ready to go. 
Okay. So while she's blending that up, I also want to tell everybody that it's okay if you just go to a big box store and get a food processor that's $25, $35. You don't have to get a high-end one. When I began this lifestyle in 2012, I didn't get high-end appliances at all. I started with everything. It was $20. Well, that was mostly because I really wasn't sure if I was going to stay committed to, to this lifestyle. And then once I realized that I love this lifestyle because I can eat as much as I want till comfortably full and still maintain my health. Slowly over time with holiday gifts and so forth, I was able to accumulate different appliances like what Talia has there. I have blended everything. The dough looks delicious. You, so after this, I would be putting the dough into a mixing bowl and forming them with my hands into cookies. I have, uh, I put it, uh, on the kitchen table over there. So just, you're gonna use a cookie sheet. And uh, and so, yeah, you, you bake them for, I believe it says, uh, and sometimes I forget what I did. So I'm just looking at the recipe. Yeah, uh, it's um, basically you bake for 35 to 40 minutes um, until they're nice and golden on top. And I did forget to just mention that you chop up strawberries and you put them on top. Obviously, you can see in this picture. So I have. Oh, that looks like so much fun. That would be something like if you had a, a child in the kitchen that they could with their little fingers that they could stick <laughs> the pieces in. So much fun. And like, as you can see, I'll show you the photo in the book, how much fun I had even with, you know, like, look at how pretty that is. It's oh, just they're beautiful. And perfect for summer. So. I just love Can you show us the consistency of what's in the food processor? Like take a spoon or something and just kind of show us. A spoon, absolutely. So the consistency is it's it's going to be like I don't know if you can see that, but it's kind yeah. of like a cookie dough kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, I sometimes wet wet my hands to and to form them form them into into balls and then I'll flatten the balls in the in the cookie sheet uh, and then that's what I'll put on on the chopped up strawberries um, and you can put these strawberries in the very beginning before baking and they don't get brown or anything is that how that works chop them up before baking them I, I I've done that many times in fact the the photo you see in the book, I remember actually making them and I chopped up the strawberries first. So it, they don't get brown in that amount of time. They're so beautiful. And I could see if you could maybe make different patterns with them, or if it was a child's birthday, you could put the number of their year on there. I mean, there's just so many different things that you could be creative in making a decoration with the fruit and oh, makes it so yeah. colorful. Definitely. And like if you wanted to go a little wild and crazy, you could melt some unsweetened dark chocolate and you can drizzle it on top and like make it a little bit decadent. Oh, so what kind of dark chocolate would you use if you were I would doing use that? Unsweetened baking dark chocolate it tends to melt the best. Uh -huh. um, so just unsweetened. And then the highest dark, like level of dark chocolate you can get. Kathy Cook wants to know what brand of coconut butter, ground vanilla bean, almond flour, and oat flour do you use? Yeah. So, so and the brand really doesn't matter. Um, most of the, I, I would say, I say that because I, I haven't done a lot of research on different brands and where they come from and all of that. But I like to buy organic. So like for 
I organic medjool dates. Um, I don't think she asked about the dates, but Sunday company, like local health food store. A lot of this I get at my local health food store. Uh, Bob's Red Mill sells great flowers and flax seeds. So sometimes I get his stuff like this is Bob's Red Mill oat flour. Uh, and then Nature's Eats is the company that makes the almond flour here. And uh, and then the ground vanilla, I use uh, Sunny Day Organics now, but I sometimes I interchange the companies that I purchase from um, depending on, you know, budget. And I like to look for a good deal um, as most people do. So I sometimes shop on iHerb.com. Uh, that's I-H-E-R-B-E-B.com. And they tend to have good deals. Amazon sometimes has good deals, um, you know, so... Uh, but I, I do try to stick to organic when possible. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you can do that with your budget and if, if you can't do all organic, at least go with the environmental working group, the Clean 15 and stick with that at least. Hi, Jody. Jody wants to know, are all the recipes in your cookbook gluten-free? That's a good question. That's a great question. Most of them are uh, if, if it's not a gluten-free recipe because whole wheat flour is not gluten-free. You can, where it says whole, whole wheat flour in, in like, let's say a cake recipe, you can substitute it for oat flour and make it gluten-free. So anytime you see whole wheat flour, sub it for oat flour. And then and if that is the case, then yes, the whole book is gluten-free. And I Wow. Okay. You want to go get PD again? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that she talked about that because there are some recipes that I have that are nutritarian. They're from Dr. Furman and they do contain whole wheat pastry flour. And I always wondered if you could use something else besides that, because I think that the oat flour would probably be more health promoting. So I'm really glad that you asked that question. That's a great question. I don't know if you guys, if you tuned in a little bit later, but those cookies are pretty generous size <laughs> and I just can't imagine if that somebody would think that it would be okay to eat such a big cookie but apparently it is because look at Talia she must eat a lot of desserts <laughs> and yet she still has a great figure yeah I'm athletic so I go hiking you know four or five times a week and um, so it's just recognizing or, you know, understanding how, what my caloric needs are. And so, so yeah, I'll, I'll have a half a cookie or a whole cookie, just depending on other things I eat and, um, and just knowing what, you know, what, what is best for me. Um, and, and also like, maybe I'll have a whole cookie for breakfast with a green juice and then I'm going on a hike and, you know, burning a lot of it off. Whereas if it's like after dinner for dessert, maybe, maybe I will have a whole cookie. Maybe I'll have half a cookie. It's just, yeah, it's depending on my lifestyle and being in touch with my body's needs. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes you're just more active than other times. That's how you know. Exactly. Stephanie wants to know, is her dog eating vegan plant-based too? So he, yeah. plant-based I would say that he's not vegan. So I, I feed him wild Alaskan salmon uh, at times. He had that today. Uh, sometimes he eats eggs with his meals because, you know, dogs are just not the same as humans. Um, so his needs are a little bit different. Um, and again, I'm not an expert on how to raise a vegan dog. And I think it's very possible. Um, it's but but he is not vegan. but he is nutritarian in the fact that every time you feed him something you're making sure that it's health promoting and that it's not just some kind of processed garbage that people yeah, say yeah. is okay for yeah. a dog this meal today i chopped up uh broccoli zucchini cauliflower 
sweet potato and then added a little salmon. Okay, <laughs> good question. <laughs> poor, this poor dog. <laughs> it's a dog's life, TD, but you don't have a dog's life. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, Vita, why? Wondering how often it's okay to eat desserts when you want to lose weight because I could or would eat desserts every day. I mean, it's really about portion sizes. So if you're trying to lose weight, it's maybe you'll have uh, a quarter of a cookie or a half a cookie after dinner, and you really don't want to feel like you're depriving yourself. So the key with that is to eat that, but then don't eat anything else for the rest of the night. You know, know that that's dessert. You know, you ate your dinner, you ate your, you know, some of your cookie, and and then you're done. And and so it's just it's you know just as I mentioned my you know being in touch with my body's needs it's it's being in touch with your own body's needs as well and your activity level and and also you know if you eat uh, a part of a cookie for lunch or something maybe don't have it for breakfast or dinner so yeah it's 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 being in touch with what's best for you and uh in your weight loss goals but you can certainly have them. I think that's a great recommendation. With, with my clients, sometimes they're counting all their calories and they're starving a lot. And they think that they're following this lifestyle when they really need to maybe add a sweet potato in or some beans and so forth in their food so that they're not so hungry. And that when they do turn to eating the dessert, it's not because they're hungry or feeling low in energy. It's because it's just that little treat. And I like to recommend that after the last meal after that dessert, if you can go ahead and brush your teeth and maybe floss and, and maybe use a water pick and just kind of do all this stuff to clean out your mouth. And th this way, you know, that's it. That's all I'm going to have for today. And then try to do something to keep you occupied other than sitting in front of the screen, unless you're watching this show, but try to do something else so that you're not thinking about eating. But yeah, I think that's great. And what what's wonderful about these recipes are there's because it's they're whole foods that you're eating. It keeps you satiated longer, so you're not you're gonna feel satisfied, and that's what you don't get from like a dessert that you'll find at Starbucks or your grocery store. It's just kind of like those empty calories just don't feel good, and so yeah, it's like you're not gonna feel even hungry at that point. I just said hopefully, yeah, but just knowing that you're getting such a nutrient dense cookie in this case. You know, it makes a difference how your body digests yeah. it. Right. And most of those things are sweetened with things other than dates or other dried kind of fruits. And so they're spiking your insulin and then they're making you crave more. Even if it's stevia, it just makes you think that you want to have more. So th these are really going to be great recipes and a great resource for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's wild how conventional desserts are like a, I, I'll say a cancer cocktail because you have you have sugar, your sugar substitute, uh, which promotes disease. You have a lot of white flour, processed flours, disease promoting. You have your oils. You have your uh, preservatives. It's 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 really like you can't imagine something worse to consume if you want to stay healthy. Jim wants to know, what do you eat Oh, when you travel or go on long hikes? You said that you like to hike. So, I mean... I'm always eating, but you must take food with you sometimes. So what is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big nature uh, traveler. So or I I tend to go like to my local health food store before I go on a road trip and pack a bunch of stuff up. And then I where I stay, I'll, I'll make sure it has like at least a small refrigerator. And and so I, I tend to buy raw veggies, hummus, um, you know, 
maybe a Laura bar or some of the desserts that I make in my own kitchen. I, I like to have a good stash of raw veggies. That's just me and convenience. And then I'm, I'm ha thankful and happy that I, I do like hummus and like bean dips. And, and I even sometimes pack some pitas with that I make that are homemade. And uh, I can go on and on about what I pack on these trips because obviously desserts are desserts and you know you want to eat a well-balanced diet and different dishes and sometimes I'll even let's see I don't tend to pack soups because they can spill um, but I pack sandwiches and yeah that you can even like um, a homemade cauliflower pizza I've packed that before so I just like take I take what's convenient and portable oh that sounds like another cookbook <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Elizabeth wants to know, what was your favorite meal as a child? Ooh, are we talking healthy or are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could only imagine if it wasn't healthy, it could be almost anything. So maybe we'll talk vegetarian. I, 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 love, <laughs> I love Italian food, so like a healthy pizza. I mean, I'm really simple in that regard. Uh, yeah, healthy lasagna. If you make, if you can make any conventional Italian dish healthy, like that's what I love. I just, I love Italian food. There's a restaurant um, in LA. So I live in Southern California and there's a, it's called Pura Vita and they, they do such an amazing job of making vegan Italian and they don't use that much oil. I never go there and feel like, oh, this was really oily. I think she is a little bit. It's not completely nutritarian, but I'll go there on occasion. And I feel like I'm eating authentic Italian food. I'm like, you know, just at my happiest. Carol wants to know, how do you net? Oh, how do you navigate dating with this lifestyle? Oh, goodness. I will tell you a little story. There was one date that I went on. Uh, and uh, he, at some point of the day, told me that he doesn't eat vegetables, like he just doesn't like them. And I was shocked, but I had to rule him out <laughs> because you know, it was just, he, he, he texted me after the date, like he knew that he could tell I wasn't really feeling it. And he was like, what a pit, like what what nailed the like coffin down for you or something, something related to like, what was the demise of our, you know, potential relationship. And I was like, dude, it's because you don't eat vegetables. <laughs> I bet that was the first and last time he heard that. <laughs> yeah. But, but well, that was your deal breaker. It was, I mean, in that case, it was a deal breaker. You can't not eat any vegetables and be with me. In general, though, because that was an extreme scenario, the guy, he just has to care about health and wellness. That's, that's, uh, that's the most important because then you have so much to work with when you want to eat healthy and, and be your best self. And, you know, that's just a sign of intelligence for me. So that's most important. I, I would love to date like a, a vegan guy, but that hasn't happened for me yet. Uh, that would be a dream come true. Uh, I've had a few exes that they would eat vegan just when they're around me. Um, and that was really considerate of them. Yeah. So just, I, I feel like when I start dating somebody, they, um, you know, they don't know a lot about this, but being curious and having an open mind and, and wanting to enjoy meals with me. And, you know, sometimes like they'll eat what they want on their own, but then when they're with me, we eat healthier and yeah, they, they can see how delicious it is and they tend to gravitate towards it more. But I am attracted to smart guys and a smart guy is going to care about his health. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I love how you said that, that to you, it's a sign of intelligence. <laughs> if you care about your health and, and you're 
open-minded and curious. Flexibles, that's where it's at. And I mean, there's so much to be said about that. Healthy, being healthy is mental just as much as it is physical. So I want, you know, somebody that is uh, empathetic and kind, like a really kind person. That is not easy to come by these these days. So we'll we'll see. Currently single and uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, meeting future men who are interested in care, taking care of their health. I think the universe will bring you in that direction because you're doing all these things that are health promoting. So you're definitely going to be exposed to more and more people. So if on a first date, you meet somebody and typically, what do they want to do? They want to take you out to lunch or out to dinner. What do you say when they offer that? Yeah, um, I got into some awkward situations in my 20s where I'll suggest a vegan restaurant on the first date. And then if they're not vegan, sometimes, or if they're heavy meat eater, it's kind of like, where'd you take me, Talia? <laughs> and <laughs> so maybe it's just a sign of incompatibility if they're not excited about it. I've certainly learned my lesson to, I want them to be happy. I want me to be happy. And so thankfully where I live, if we're going to a restaurant, there's so many places that offer something for everybody. I, I love when places are just like, they have their vegan healthier options. They have something that's not vegan and not as good for you. And it's just like, um, you know, they, they all happy, they're happy. But again, like, you know, it's really attractive when it's just like, oh, they want to order something healthy on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I think that's just so encouraging because there are a lot of people that are single and they're trying to adopt this lifestyle. And that is, that's a tricky thing to navigate. It's like, yeah. when do I tell them? <laughs> no, I'm in the same boat. Thankfully though, the guys that I'm meeting, they are really interested in health. I, I find like a lot of guys are into like fitness um, you know, in whatever form. Uh, and uh, I feel like if you're a gym rat, you know, like you're going to want to eat well. So, yeah. We'll that see. makes a lot of sense. Okay. I think we had another question. Stephanie said, oh, what does a day of eating look like for Talia? That's a good question. Ooh, I, I switch it up. Um, today, I actually haven't eaten lunch yet, but I, I'm on this raw veggie wrap kick. So uh, my local health food store, I love for anybody living in Southern California, I'm Mother's Market is fantastic. And they they sell um, these these raw vegetable wraps um, just loaded with like zucchini, like just different sorts of vegetables like mushrooms, zucchini, um, spinach, uh, tomatoes, onions. Just it's so good. I believe they use like a cashew sauce and uh, a raw spinach wrap and so I know that's in my fridge. I'm going to be eating that after this. And uh, for breakfast, so I, this is me personally. I, I, I feel like we have to do what speaks to us. I don't like eating first thing in the morning. Um, it's just not my style. I don't feel good when I do that. So I, uh, I will have like maybe a, maybe like a coffee. I don't, I don't drink more than one cup of coffee a day. If I do, it's going to be in the morning. So I'll have just like something like that or like tea. I love tea or ma like a matcha beverage, just something, something like a, a liquid and I'll sip on that. And then like around 11, 12, I'll, I'll eat my meal. And so in this case today, it was this raw veggie wrap. Sometimes I'm, if I'm on the go, I'll just 
really enjoy those veggies and hummus and then maybe some of a dessert that I have or maybe I'll make a big salad. I, I especially in the summer, I just love making a salad with um, my favorite greens like arugula and, and kale and and then I'll have um, just any vegetables that I purchase. I'll chop that in and just a homemade dressing. My dad has a wide variety of, of dressing recipes on his website and I love his Caesar dressing. And so I make that, I store it in the fridge and I'll just have amazing salad. And then for dinner, I, I like more of the warm food. So like a good homemade soup. Um, mentioned I love Italian. Maybe I'll throw together a pizza. Um, gosh, it's I lately I've been making um, a lentil loaf, which is just like lent, I use lentils and walnuts and different veggies. And I, I like eating that with ketchup. And, and so my dad has so many amazing recipes on his website. And that's where you also find the cookbook. So in his shop, and that's dr for Dr. Furman, my last name dot com. So it's really easy to find. And so it's just it's getting in touch with what you enjoy and how much time you have, making it delicious and convenient. So it, there's a bit of an art to that. So everybody's a little different with what they like. I'm glad that you talked about the different variety of things that you eat, because some people think that this lifestyle can be boring. And if they never heard of this lifestyle, they would think that all we do is eat carrots and celery. So there you can typically you find that the five or seven meals that you like and you pretty much eat those and then maybe sometimes vary and rotate. And if, like you said, everybody's different in, in the textures and the flavors that they enjoy, but there's just so much. I'm a member of Dr. Furman's website and yes, he does have lots of recipes and he comes out with new ones all the time. So it's a really great resource. And, and I also have some recipes on my beegreenwithamy.com websites and the internet's just full of lots of things that you can try. So it's definitely something that you can enjoy to trying different things out. Kelly wants to know, can this lifestyle help with acne? Do you have any suggestions? Oh my gosh, it helps tremendously. So I actually have, this is my second book. I have a book on Amazon called Love Your Body. And that chapter contains a, uh, there's a chapter, I'm sorry, that chap, um, that book contains a chapter on skin health. And that was one of my favorite chapters to to learn about and um because it's it, the science of why dairy and and sugar and <laughs> sweeteners that act like sugar are promote acne and and skin issues and how taking out just processed flours dairy and sugar should make such a difference when it comes to the vibrancy and health of our skin and then on top of that when you're eating a nutritarian diet your your skin's going to glow because there it actually you know, just like every cell of your body is affected by what we eat, it's you're going to your skin is so affected. And so people uh, who eat a nutritarian diet actually have like a healthy uh, food tan. Um, so it, it makes you look healthier. Yes, you're, you're so right about that. Your skin is your largest organ. And what you feed your body is going to reflect on that. I have a nutritarian tan. I think it's there's a couple of times that I saw your father, Dr. Joel Furman, talk about how you'll know because you'll see that the person's hands are more of like an orangey color than they are a pink color. Hand. I don't know what comes up on the screen, but like, yeah. Yeah. See, I have yeah. an orangey tint to my yeah. fingers. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what I had. And I remember one time I was getting a manicure and the, and the woman was really worried because she saw my orangey hands. <laughs> but and it just makes your whole body glow. And that's that's a really good tip. James wants to know what tips do you have for someone who wants to adopt 
this lifestyle. They just found out about it and they don't know where to start. Absolutely. So this applies for anything in life. Um, be kind to yourself. And if you make any mistakes or you don't know something, you think you are doing, you know, it, I think being gentle on yourself and, and continuing and, and having some, I, I like the word grit, you know, having grit with not, you know, not giving up. And so also understanding that what, you know, better way to love yourself than taking care of your health. And, and that just is the base to anything else you do in life. So, you know, trying your best and continuing to learn and having a really healthy mindset about it, I think will help you stay on track over the long haul and figuring out what foods that you enjoy. What are your favorite dishes and vegetables and dessert like desserts in this book? And so making and yeah, if you if you like the taste or love the taste and and you're you let's say pick up one of my father's books or my cookbook or whatever it is and you just start playing around and making it fun because life should be fun and and so that that's my tip is just being kind and gentle with yourself about it you have to start somewhere and you get better and better at anything in life um, the more you practice it so and it does take some time to form new habits so this is a change this is a big deal but it's really worth it in the end so you know it's you know, to not get cancer or heart disease like most people do later in life, to extend your life, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, you know, the payoff is just priceless. That is just so beautiful. And I hope that some of you that are watching became inspired by that, either that you want to try this lifestyle and you're going to do it and at least try it for a month, I would recommend. And those of you that are already adopting this healthy lifestyle, Maybe it's encouraging you to tighten the screws a little bit and take it up a little notch and to try to eliminate more of those foods that are not health promoting. Thank you so much, Talia. I know that you are just, you're so busy. I've watched you on Instagram and, and other social media and you it's, it's almost like you have a couple of clones of yourself <laughs> because you're just doing so many things and they're all good for the world. And so you're saying be kind to yourself, but you're also being kind to all of us by giving us your time today. Oh, and it's well, just it's, so wonderful that you came. It was very heartwarming to, to hear you say that. And my pleasure. I'm so happy. My my goal is to really spread, you know, what the, the gift that I was given of learning about nutrition, how delicious it can be and being your best self. That's what I'm all about. So your joy. Well, very nice. Well, guys, stay tuned for a special announcement. I do want to thank somebody who's been working hard in the background, and that's Rebecca. She is from PKA Solves, and she's been awesome. Hi, Rebecca. She's been awesome at posting all the questions and taking care of all the things behind the scenes so I can enjoy my time with Talia today. I also wanted to thank Jess Toss from Just Toss Voice. And she did the voiceover, the countdown. She's just been really great. And Lynn Murray says, good job, Talia and Amy. Thanks, Lynn. I'm so glad that you were watching. And I'm thankful to all the rest of you that have been watching as well, because this is why I'm here. That's why Talia is here. We want to spread the word about this lifestyle, and we want you to help us. And the way you help us is by watching this and liking and subscribing and sharing. That's how we spread the word world to make this world a better place and make people healthier. So if you can do me a favor and like, comment, and share, 
what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be signing off with Talia with my tagline. And if you could type it in the comments at the same time, I'm going to be saying, be strong, be well. And then we're going to both say at the same time, be green. So if you type that in and then we can kind of all make the universe connect at that one moment, that would be really, really great. So before that, I want to show you that we have somebody coming up next. Who is that going to be, Jess Tuss? Coming up next, Dr. Kim Scheuer and Dr. Nikki Davis discuss awesome tips for weight loss. They will also discuss how to overcome obesity. Join us on Wednesday, July 14th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. Well, thanks again, everybody. Thanks, Talia. And until I see all of you again, remember, oh, and thanks, Petey. <laughs> remember, be strong. Be well and be green. <laughs>